We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows with Andrew Mertig and Maggie Loney today, and it's another Monday show, you guys. How are you, and how was your fantastic Thanksgiving weekend, I'm assuming? Really great. I was I was back in Wisconsin and actually currently just running on fumes getting through the show, but it's still exciting. We have two victories within a week. The team seems to be sizzling. This is kind of what we expected at the beginning of the year, and the the youth movement just wasn't quite ready for it and now they are uh, showing us exactly what we were hoping for and now you look forward into a fantastic matchup against the reigning Super Bowl champs on Sunday Night Football in Lambeau Field there's snow in Wisconsin that is going to be pretty epic so yeah life is pretty good how are you doing Maggie Remember a couple weeks ago when I said you can't go ten and seven if you don't at least lose six, and here we are with them at like five and six, and we're like, wow, they look pretty good. But yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays, so getting to spend time with my favorite people, eat really good food, and then watch a football game that beyond exceeded expectations, thought it was going to be, you know, kind of a scary game, but turned out to be such a spectacular showing for Jordan Love. I don't think any of us saw that coming, but a lot of fun. Like Andrew said, this team is cooking at the right time, and it's exciting to watch it develop. Yeah, I think I always have pretty like optimistic outlooks for the Packers, regardless of how they're playing, right? Like I'm always hopeful, but going into Thanksgiving Day, like it's a good day, so you don't want to ruin it with these high expectations that just get crushed. And the Packers coming into that game as beat up as they were, so many injuries. I I think I kind of just kind of like expected a pretty poor output from this game. And like Maggie said, the really nice surprise that we got on the holiday was just fantastic. And I don't know about you guys, but like I'm, I share the day with, you know, like Maggie said, family, friends that that you love and not all the people that I'm always surrounded by are as into football as I am or like aware that it's happening. So like there was this little bit of tension, like so that we, we sit down to eat and like the game's not on. 
And so, like, I'm, like, trying to, like, find that medium between, like, I'm not going to miss the Packers game, but I'm also, like, you know, I got to, like, be present. So I, like, put the game on my phone, like, in my lap. And so I'm, like, eating, talking, and, like, looking into my lap to, like, see the game, right? And at one point, I think I, like, forgot to look back up. And, like, I'm just, like, (laughs) staring at my phone. And I think someone thought I was, like, in this terrible place because I think my head was, like, in my hands, like, watching the game. But you got to make sure you can watch Thanksgiving football no matter how you do it. And it was a really nice surprise to see them come out and just really dominate the Lions in the way that they did uh, in Week 12. Absolutely. So what we wanted to do today, since we don't have, you know, the recap of a a Sunday game like we normally would, is just to kind of go through what happened during week 12 uh, all around the league. And though the easiest place to get started is the very first game of week 12, which happens to have our beloved Green Bay Packers beating the Detroit Lions 29 to 22. Of course, the Packers come into Thanksgiving Day pretty beat up. The injury report was ridiculous given next to no chance by the media. They come out super hot. Really, I I felt like dominated most of the game. Jordan Love ends up going 22 of 32 for 268 yards and three touchdowns and zero turkey legs, mind you. Uh, Three sacks by Rashawn Gary and seemingly everyone who needed to step up on either side of the ball really, really did Really fun performances by Jonathan Owens and Malik Heath, and the list goes on and on. Isaiah McDuffie. Uh, And so I really thought this was the most complete game of the season, but I wanted to get your your, uh, thoughts on on what happened on Thursday. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, it's not only what they did, but it's what they did on the road on a short week. You mentioned the injuries. Like, to me, like, there were so many reasons why – Like, maybe the Packers are on an upward trajectory. Like, maybe Jordan Love is figuring it out. Maybe the offense is gelling, and Matt LaFleur is getting more comfortable with this team. But there were so many reasons why on this Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, on a travel week away, in in a stadium where the Packers have struggled the last several years, in in an Aaron Rodgers era, it just wasn't supposed to be this week. And so I think that's what made it so much fun was just to realize this was this was the Lions game to win. There was no reason. And the Lions, historically, growing up in Michigan, like the Lions are horrible all the time, except for on Thanksgiving. Like they show up to play Thanksgiving football. And so for the Packers to be the ones who showed up and overcame all those injuries was just an absolute blast and I think speaks to where this team can go at the end of the season. Yeah, and I think what's so impressive about this win, too, is we had said on this show very early in the season that, or at least I had mentioned that to me, the identity of this football team was that the easy things are hard and then the hard things are impossible. And this game felt like they're the last, honestly, three, four weeks. I know they're three and one in their last four games. Last two weeks, they've protected the football really well on offense. They had their most turnovers of the season on defense with the the three force fumbles. So it just feels like it's starting to click and they're not getting all these self-inflicted penalties that we'd seen them unable to overcome all season. You know, they were playing clean football. Um, You talked about kind of all three phases working together. It was just everything that we've been like begging to see all season against a really good Lions football team on Thanksgiving at Ford field. Yeah. A ton of fun to watch and start the, 
the week really with Packers football the way that we did there on Thursday. But a lot more football into the Thanksgiving day, more on Friday because the NFL is greedy, greedy and just wants to put uh, football on as many days as possible. That was fun to have a Friday game. And then, of course, games yesterday on Sunday as well. So we wanted to take a little bit of time and work through the NFL slate because we don't really have uh, this Packers game to unpack fully because it was a Thursday game. So uh, we're going to do that. We're going to talk through the NFL and not only how these games what came out this week, but how they impact the Packers moving forward for the rest of the season and their outlook. So I just wanted to mention the Eagles-Bills game uh, from Sunday a little bit here. A wild, wild game that ended 37-34 in favor of the Eagles. Um, I love watching both of these teams, and I love watching Josh Allen. I love watching Jalen Hurts, and this this game was a ton of fun. Went to overtime. And then, I mean, okay, so first we get the the kick to send the game to overtime. So Jake Elliott hits a 60, a 59-yard field goal in the rain to send it to overtime in just improbable fashion. And then overtime, Josh Allen has an opportunity to hit Gabe Davis for a game winner. And it looks like just a little bit of a miscommunication. Maybe Gabe Davis should have just continued up the field. But uh, Josh Allen threw, threw it over. And Gabe Davis continued to run the corner. And, of course, that wasn't enough because Hertz went down and scored the rushing touchdown to, to win the game and walk it off. So a lot of fun. Um, that's what we love, right? Just NFL drama. But this game is big because, I mean, the Bills are not the team that I think a lot of people thought that they were coming into the season. Uh, it's been kind of a disappointing endeavor there uh, for the Bills. And then uh, the Eagles are maybe the cream of the crop in the NFC, but they might not be the Eagles of last year. They might not be that good. So I think that speaks to really what's maybe the competition in the NFC. And I think that that's going to be interesting if the Packers continue this run that they're on now that we know that maybe the playoffs aren't completely out of the, of the conversation, who they might find themselves playing against are these elite teams like the Eagles, the 49ers, the Cowboys, whoever isn't that first seed is most certainly going to play what would be where the Packers are seated. So interesting to see how these these games go because the Packers might find themselves playing one of these teams in just a few weeks, potentially, if things go the way that we, we hope that they will. Yeah, I, I think this was certainly the best game of the weekend, and I do appreciate, Kyle, that you put it at the top of the list despite my efforts to make this a chronological show. Uh, <laughs> just selfishly I, moving things wherever you want. Yeah. But I no, I, I, I actually really do. The, to me, like this this was the closest game and it was probably the most like playoff stakes, if you will, uh, uh, up in the air. The Bills could have been in playoff position if they had won. Instead, they're like the 10 seed currently in the AFC. And, you know, some critiques about coaching, uh, they happen all the time, right? People question Matt LaFleur's clock management. The end of this game was really ugly. The Nick Sirianni totally mismanaged the Eagles having the ball driving and then having to blow timeouts because he's calling quarterback draws. And so the fact that they had to attempt that 59-yard field goal probably should have cost them the game. It didn't because Jake Elliott comes up huge. And then the Bills waste two timeouts on defense and end up not being able to try to move the ball down for a last second field goal in the fourth quarter and said they have to take a knee. You talked about the miss 
opportunity with Gabriel Davis uh, kind of streaking down the field open on third down. And then, of course, the Bills can't come up with a stop of the Eagles. So, yeah, fascinating. Weather certainly played a role. A lot of it, it was pretty low scoring in the first half and then obviously opened up a lot in the second and and just a really fascinating game to watch live. I'm going to rewind us to Thursday and Friday uh, and just go through these games really quick because they were not nearly as interesting as Eagles Bills. You have the Cowboys beating the Commanders 45 to 10. The 49ers are all over the Seahawks 31 to 13. And then on Friday, the Dolphins take care of business against the Jets 34 to 13. Uh, three straight blowouts that the losing team was never particularly in the game. The Cowboys continue to rack up huge numbers. I think that's Dak Prescott probably moves to the front of the line in, in the MVP race. The 49ers just continue to have so many weapons on both sides of the ball. It just seems impossible to keep up with them, uh, both offensively and defensively. And then another convincing win against a team um, that was supposed to be a divisional threat in the Seahawks. And then, you know, Tim Boyle, not very good. <laughs> That's a really dangerous thing to say on this podcast, actually, Andrew, if you better be oh, careful. Oh, yeah, my apologies. <laughs> No, I mean, I think as fans, I think we all wanted to see him do well. But the reality is the Jets are probably more than an MVP quarterback away. And so especially someone like Boyle is not going to step in and be able to provide what they need at this point. But uh, moving into the rest of this weekend, uh, we had the Colts come out on top over the Buccaneers, 27 to 20 in that one. The Giants and... I always want to say Danny DeVito, but it's Tommy <laughs> DeVito, right? Is it Tommy? Uh, Tommy? Yes. Okay. I got it's by the time I learn it, he's going to go back to the bench and it was not going to be a problem. But let DeVito, uh, Tommy DeVito edges the Patriots in a 10 to 7 game in what is just not the Patriots season up there in Foxborough, not going well for them to take a loss to the Giants in the situation that they're in is not great. The Steelers Finding some life in a post-Canada world, I think. Uh, not maybe lighting the world on fire, but so, some signs of life there. They beat the Bengals 16-10. to The Titans 17-10 to over the Panthers, leaving that pick in, uh, leading the NFL for the number one overall selection, which would be the Bears selection, which we hate. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Houston Texans 24-21. to Continue to just to see fantastic football from C.J. Stroud and Trevor Lawrence. That was a really fun game to watch uh, those guys battle it out. And then the Falcons 24, the Saints 15 as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday, and then you can get ready for football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza. Pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza, pepperoni, no questions about it, and more importantly than anything else, Always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is, in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love crazy bread. Love, love, love crazy bread. Get it every single time. You win when you get crazy bread. And speaking of winning, literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. So I, I'm not going to lie. When I'm in the middle of Packer season, I don't always eat the best. It's by far my busiest time of year. I don't have a ton of time to make healthy meals. And because of that, I end up eating a lot of unhealthy foods. And when I'm not eating healthy, my digestive system doesn't always feel the best. And I end up feeling less focused, more stressed. And it just feels like my immune system is fighting with an arm behind its back. That's why I tried AG1. I was tired of being tired and I was tired of being unfocused and I needed to kickstart my immune system and increase my energy. And when I started drinking AG1 daily, I could feel the difference in my digestive health and my daily energy. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop includes probiotics for gut support, B vitamins for energy, and zinc to help support my immune health. And that's why Packaday is proud to be sponsored by AG1. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It seems absolutely wild to me that Thanksgiving is already over and we're already racing through the holidays. And before you know it, it's going to be New Year's Day 2024. Part of me is incredibly excited for the holidays, the hustle and bustle, the magic, the love, the giving, everything amazing that goes into it every single year. But there's another part of me that's anxious, nervous, sad, emotional, and kind of just ready to put the holidays behind me and fast forward right past everything. For me, I always find it stressful trying to find the perfect gift for people to try to make everyone's holiday a perfect success and to make sure everything goes off without a hitch. If we're being real, we all know that this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to have a wide range of emotions and feelings during the holiday chaos. 
That's where therapy has come up huge for me. Amongst all the anxious and chaotic moments, therapy has been the anchor that's kept me grounded and the guiding light to get me through the season. I've learned to keep an eye on the positives, to avoid the triggers that cause me to be anxious, and to focus on all the joy and love that's surrounding me during the holidays. If you think that therapy could benefit you, it's time to give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp will flex to your needs, your schedule, and your unique situation. You too can find your bright spot this holiday season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy yeah can i just say really quick because this was the early window and actually some pretty interesting competitive games maybe not the most like pretty football but when we talk about the packers creeping back into the playoff picture this is on both the afc and the nfc sides look at these early games we have gardner Minshew starting for the colts the buccaneers have baker mayfield who got hurt but uh continued to play through it you have Tommy slash Danny DeVito for the Giants. The Patriots benched their quarterback halfway through the game after not knowing who the starter was. They're terrible. The Steelers are barely scoring any points despite them having a fantastic record. The Bengals obviously on their backup quarterback. The Titans are playing Will Levis as their second rounder. Panthers obviously going to stick with Bryce Young, but he is not playing well at all. The Jaguars and Texans are the quarterback matchup, right? Who would have saw that coming? Of course, Trevor Lawrence playing really well, uh, but CJ Stroud really lighting the world on fire. And then the Falcons, you have Desmond Ritter and then Derek Carr on the other side, who is playing like a dumpster fire. So, Mm. wow, quarterback play. Yeah, so then in the later window, we had the Rams 37 to 14 taking on the Cardinals, the Broncos 29 to 12 for the uh, beating up the Browns, and then the Chiefs 31 to the Raiders 17. And I think what's so interesting about, you know, I know we're going to talk about the playoff picture here a little bit, but, you know, Andrew mentioned kind of the quarterback shuffling that we're seeing. The NFC South is getting really interesting because we know that this is the division that the NFC North is playing this year. You've got the Falcons and the Saints, you know, kind of vying for the spot right now. The Bucks aren't necessarily out of it yet at this point right now. The Falcons are the division front runner there. 
but then the Saints are kind of right in it too. So interesting to see how kind of some of these tiebreaker scenarios shake out if we start looking down the line at a playoff picture, you know, where that seating will happen and what will happen with the Packers if they finish with the same record as another NFC South team. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of the playoff picture, uh, currently the NFC has four seeds that are pretty well set. The Eagles right now are the one seed and the win today over the Bills really solidifies. I think they have a two game lead over the 49ers currently. Um, The 49ers in that second seed, the Lions in the third. I think all three of those teams pretty much have uh, wrapped up their division unless something catastrophic happens. And then the Cowboys being the top wild card seed seems pretty inevitable at this point. From there, it is wide open. The four seed is currently the Atlanta Falcons at five and six. Of course, the Saints also five and six. A lot can happen there. Um, and then the Vikings currently sit in the sixth seed at six and five. And the Seahawks also with a six and five record at the seventh seed. And then things really get interesting from there. The Packers are currently in the eighth seed, just outside of the playoffs at five and six. The Rams also moved to five and six today. And then the Saints are five and six as well. It probably is helpful for the Packers to root for the Falcons to win the NFC South since they have the tiebreaker and a wild card uh, tiebreaker would belong to the Falcons over the Packers if, if that came into play. I have yes. a question really fast. So I'm going to interrupt. <laughs> the Falcons need to fire their coaching staff, correct? Like <laughs> probably. But if yeah. they win the division, like has a team that's ever won the division fired their coaching? Like I I mean I'm just I'm not expecting anyone to know that, but like to me that feels incredibly unlikely that you like win your division and then they clean house, but I feel like it's the most universally accepted thing in football right now that the Falcons need to go in a different direction. So it's just mind-blowing to me every time I see that, like, they're not maybe likely, but it's not outside of, I guess, what's likely, that the Falcons are going to walk off with the NFC South. It's just so crazy to me that that could happen. Yeah, so Andrew laid out the NFC playoff picture. A lot can obviously happen down the stretch here. The Packers sitting just down the outside as the eighth seed at five and six. So what we thought we'd do here now is look at the Vikings and the Seahawks remaining schedules to see what they're going up against. We know kind of who rounds out the Packers schedule, the quarterbacks they're playing, the teams they're playing. It's a possibility right at this point that this is a Packers team that is ascending at the right time, playing some teams that are descending and not playing very well. Um, So Vikings remaining schedule, they play the bears on Monday night football, and then they've got at the Raiders at the Bengals, the lions at home, the Packers at home, and then they travel to Ford Field to close out the season against the Lions. So four division games left on the docket for them, then away at the Raiders and the Bengals. Hmm. Right now they're sitting at the sixth seed at six and five. Then you've got the Seahawks who are sitting at the seventh seed at six and five. Their remaining schedule, pretty tough sledding here for the Seahawks. They're at the Cowboys next week. Then they're at the 49ers, and then they host the Eagles. Those are their next three games. Then they're at Tennessee Titans, hosting the Steelers, and at Cardinals to close off the season. So definitely not getting easy for either of these teams sitting at the sixth and seventh seeds right now in the playoff standings. Man, you like, 
the Seahawks schedule, like that is a brutal <laughs> run. Like, and they're not playing great football right now. I think there's a lot of talent on that roster, but like Geno Smith is not playing his best football. Uh, you, he had a great year last year, and you hate to see it for him. But I think there's a lot of reasons why the Seahawks don't look like the ascending team that's going to get into the playoffs. Although somebody does, like somebody from this group has to get in. The Vikings schedule, like honestly, we just got done beating up on the Lions, but like maybe Packers fans should be Lions fans for the end of this this season run because the Vikings playing the Lions in Detroit to close out as well as hosting them uh, in within three weeks. I think like that could be a big swing if the Lions can take care of the Vikings. That might really help the Packers out in getting into the postseason. But uh, let's take a look at what the Packers need to do here to take care of their end of things. Um, their remaining schedule is the Chiefs at home in at Lambeau uh, next week. Then they travel to the Giants. They host the Buccaneers. They are at the Panthers in Carolina. They're at the Vikings. And then they close out the season by hosting the Chicago Bears at Lambeau Field. What a way to get into the playoffs with a potential win over the Bears. Like that, That's set up for some good drama right there. Yeah, I, I just wanted to quickly address, I don't have a complete list of coaches fired after winning their division, <laughs> but the the one the one that uh, popped up first was Marty Schottenheimer went 14-2 and two with the Chargers and got fired because oh. they lost their first playoff game. Uh, th- those were perpetual, really good regular season teams who always lost in the playoffs, so that was yeah, more yeah, of an aggregate true. kind of thing, but... Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, you know, if, if you want to talk about playoffs, then <laughs> I, I think, you know, you, you take a look at the Packers schedule and there's a lot of winnable games there. So let's assume the Packers can't beat the Chiefs next week. You know, you're talking at Giants, Buccaneers at home, at Panthers, at Vikings, Bears at home. Let's say you, you can pull out four of those, then you are sitting at you know, nine and seven at the end of the year. And I think that puts you in pretty good, like a pretty good situation because the other teams are going to have to overcome the schedules that we talked about as well. So I I don't know. Do do you see the same path forward that I am? I don't think anybody can finish the season nine and seven, but (laughs) nine and eight, Eight. nine and eight. Listen, Someone's, a lot of the years of 16-game regular seasons for me to get out of my brain. No, no, no. I'm 100% with you. I do it all the time. I was going to say somebody's prediction was that the Packers would go 9-8. and eight, And so I would be feeling pretty good at that point. And, like, I mean, obviously, this team has a lot to show, a lot to prove. But if they were able to go in and then come out 9-8 and eight, uh, and f- feeling good about their upper trajectory, not even just this season but going into next year, I think that that would be a pretty big win for this football team. Yeah, I mean, I think we have said ad nauseum on this show, on Twitter, on social media, that this is an evaluation year, you know, drink if you hear us say the word evaluation, because it's all we've talked about, <laughs> right, is the the outcome isn't going to matter a ton. It's how they feel about a lot of these core nucleus players that are going to be on the roster for the next two, three, four years. And, you know, you're seeing dividends for a guy like Rashawn Gary, who just got a big payday. The Packers have to make a lot of decisions. And if the playoffs are the cherry on top here, that's really exciting because yes, we predicted this was a 10 and seven, nine and eight football team that could go to the playoffs as a wild card. But after the way the season started, it didn't feel like a possibility. So the evaluation still being the main goal here, 
it's it's going to be fun, you know, to see them in a playoff atmosphere if it happens against some really, really good football teams. Because, yeah, you're finishing out the schedule against some teams that they're going to be favored to beat, right? So I'm not sure what your evaluation looks like if you're beating bad football teams. You know, maybe we're having a different conversation in a couple of weeks if they're not beating bad football teams. But point being, every step of the way here has been an evaluation. And I think the Packers are starting to get a really really true look at what this team can look like, even with injuries, which I think has been surprising. Even a lot of the the players and the key pieces that we thought would be big factors that haven't been big factors in their absence, other guys have stepped up. And I think that's what's been special about this team is that they're young, but the glimpses that we're seeing show that there is, seems like there's something there that's a lot to be excited about toward the end of this season and for next season as well. Yeah, and it's nice to be talking about the playoffs instead of the draft position. Uh, but I did just want to mention how how today's results impacted what the current draft order looks like. Of course, the Bears would have the first pick if the draft was tomorrow, uh, courtesy of the Carolina Panthers. And then the two win teams come after them. So it would be Chicago, then Arizona at two, New England at three, Chicago again at four with their own pick. Uh, and then we have Washington, the New York Giants, Tampa Bay, New York Jets, Tennessee, L.A. Chargers to round out the top 10, uh, Vegas, New Orleans. And then Green Bay would currently be picking 13. Of course, we are really hoping, based on the conversation today, the Packers are picking a little later than that, maybe in the 20s, 30s. Who knows? Uh, but it is interesting to mention the draft order because if you look at the Packers' schedule, you have the Giants, who, are, who would currently be picking six, the Buccaneers, who would currently be picking seven, the Panthers, who, of course, would have the one, the number one pick traded to Chicago, uh, the Vikings, who, of course, are ahead of the Packers and standings, and then the Bears, who are pick four. So you want to talk about a lot of bad teams. You have uh, four matchups in the current drafting in the top seven of, of the NFL draft. And I think it's really interesting to consider like how the Jets and Bills situations continue to impact things for the Packers because obviously the Jets, I think we thought for a while like this defense could keep this team afloat. It doesn't appear to be the case. And it feels like there's some like cultural and some just fatigue that's settling in there in New York. And it wouldn't be surprising to continue to see that pick get higher and higher in the second round for the Packers. Um, obviously it'd be really nice if it was in the first, but there's nothing you can do about that. And then, um, I think the bills, like obviously a really, really talented football team that just, it doesn't seem like it's this year. And with, uh, obviously the Russell Douglas pick sending them a third round pick, like it, it's possible that that pick isn't that far into the third round. And that could be a really valuable f- pick for the Packers, uh, when they go to make it in April. So lots of things to keep our eye on as we're looking towards the playoffs and hoping for the playoffs, but also just keeping that eye on what's going to happen in the draft in April. Definitely. And along with the Jets' second round pick, maybe they're sending, I don't know, Robert Sala over to be the defensive coordinator. (laughs) Who knows? These things can happen. Uh, But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. And also check out Packs What She Said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider giving us a five-star review if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Monday. And we will be back next week with a breakdown of the Packers' Week 13 game against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Go, hey, go!